and welcome to The Juice and the Squeeze. I'm Julia Strand, here with my co-host, Jonathan Peel. So we have to start uh, this week with where we ended last week, which was our challenge for the week. Uh, Our challenge last time was to write a nice actual pen and paper note to uh, someone who had done something nice for us recently. So, Jonathan. Yes. Did, did you do it? <laughs> I did. Uh, and, and because I told you, and because I'm too honest, you know that I literally just did it. Um, because I, on the way, I was walking to work today, and I realized that today we were recording, uh, and I thought I had, I thought I had more time. Um, and so, but I, I wrote one this morning so that I um, could honestly say that I had. And I, it, mine was not a thank you note. Mine was an encouraging note to, oh. to me. Uh, which I'm going to put in my pocket for the future, which is a, a trick I learned from you. That is wonderful. Do you want to share what it says, or is it personal? Well, <laughs> you put me on this spot. I um, did, sorry. <laughs> I'll share. I, I'm just embarrassed because it's short, but but you all know that I didn't have a lot of time. Uh, I, I said, hang in there, JP. And I and I put it in my in my coat pocket in a place that I um, know that I'll see it like um, not today, but sometime this semester, which I will need. That's nice. Future future JP will appreciate it. Future JP will hang in there, and yeah. and I'll, I'll write a longer note um, sometime after right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Unless if you if you can talk for about five minutes, I can uh, <laughs> I can do my homework. Did you ever do your homework in class? No, I did. I mean, I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but there were definitely times where, you know, I sat down at the beginning of class and the teacher would be, um, you know, whatever, saying how the weather was or what. And I was, you know, furiously scribbling on my um, homework. I feel like it was math usually that I forgot mm-hmm. to do um, mm-hmm. and just trying to trying to finish it before um, before she collected them. So, um Anyway, I haven't done that in a long time, but I'm getting that feeling right now. <laughs> um, um, how about you? Did you write a note? Uh, yeah, I, so I so I did. Uh, I did two thank you notes this week. One was to an awesome restaurant that I'd never been to before. That was just amazing. I'm, I'm going to give it a shout out. If you're in Minneapolis, Hi Hi in Northeast is amazing. Um, so I wrote them a nice thank you note. Uh, and then I also wrote a thank you note to um, the makers of FFmpeg. Which is, do you use FFmpeg, Jonathan? No. Um, so it's um, a, a program that uh, does handling of video and audio. Um, and it's a command line program that lets you do more things if you want to, like, convert things or, uh, uh, you know, to a different format or change file size or anything. If you're, if you're um, doing, like, a lot of files at once, mm-hmm. it is, like, the it's... I, I like it more than anything else. Um, and it's, you know, it's open source and free and great. Mm-hmm. And there was a project that I couldn't figure out how to do. And then I realized I could do it with FFmpeg. And I got to write a little bit of code, which I like because it makes me feel like a computer hacker. Mm-hmm. Every time I get to open terminal. Um, and it was great. And so I was like, you know what? I need to thank these people. So I wrote a thank you note to them as well. That's great. And, it, yeah. and so you found like... Um... 
I haven't looked at their website, but you actually found a physical address to send them so, a thank you note so, at? So right now, the thank you note is sitting uh, uh, sitting on my dining room table uh, with with everything except the address written okay. on it. Okay. And, this, and what I've often found is if, if you're going to write a thank you note to somebody who doesn't get thank you notes often, um, what I usually have to do is like email somebody and say, I want to send you a thank you note. Where can I send it? Because mm-hmm. most of the time, there's like no mailing address. Right. For people, and sometimes they're like, "Ooh, I don't know. This is a strange request. I'm going to forward you to so and so," and you end up like writing a whole bunch of emails to find a mailing mm-hmm. address. But I bet I will. being a nice person is a lot of work sometimes. You know, I, right? right? I was like, they didn't make it easier for me uh-huh. to send you a nice card. <laughs> right. Um. All right. So the writing of notes fits in well with our topic for today, <laughs> which is. The writing of scientific papers. What a smooth segue, Julia. Why, thank you. <laughs> um, so a few a few episodes ago, we did uh, uh, we talked about like the, the process of of submitting papers and what it's like to send papers to journals and, and go through review and whatnot. Um, but we saved the actual process of writing for today. Um, so so we're going to talk about uh, what our what our process is, tips and tricks we've found along the way, the things that we're still struggling with. And uh, I look forward to picking your brain about how you do things. Same here. And, mm-hmm. and I should also say, I mean, we are clearly focusing on writing and, and it's the kind of writing that Julie and I do the most of probably. But I I would wager that some of what we talk about applies to other things, either other kinds of writing or other kinds of creative work or other kinds of technical work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think this is just sort of, if you have a thing you have to do a lot of in your, in your life or your job, and sometimes it's hard, like, how do you strategize about that? Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm going to not try to reframe it all the time, but you, dear listener will know um, that there are lots of things this might apply to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think, I think the place to start is uh, when do you start writing like when in your research process does the the process of writing begin Mm, that's a good one um so for me this has changed a lot over the last 20 years and i will also take this moment to just tell a side anecdote um which i also had on twitter but uh, it made me laugh so i'm i'm teaching uh cognitive neuroscience this semester and i had this sort of like in the back of my mind, I just had this little nagging feeling, and it turned out I was right. Uh, and that feeling was that a lot of students in my class were born in in or about the year 2000, which happens to be the year I started my PhD. Mm. Uh, and I'll tell you, that made me feel not young. Uh, and so I, I asked the class, because I usually I give a little introduction of my background and, and so on. Uh, and so I said, okay, you know, how many of you were born in in 2000 and lots of hands went up. And so then I said, you know, so I've been doing this as long as you've been alive, which made me feel very wise and, and, you know, I don't know, appropriately professory. Uh, I like your framing. And then immediately I was like, Oh, that didn't help as much as I thought it would, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, anyway, here's another spin. Mm -hmm. Your academic career is almost old enough to legally order a beer. (laughs) That's good. Okay. I like that. Okay. So uh, September of of this year, mm-hmm. uh, my academic career will go out and order a beer. Love it. Okay. Um, so, uh, sorry, long digression, but I think the way that I approach this, you know, it, it has changed a lot. And so I'll, I'll tell you briefly how I, I think I did it early on, and then I'll tell you how I do it now. Mm-hmm. So early on, 
uh, as in the first couple of papers I wrote, I, um, and I guess we can talk about the process of that a little bit, but I basically did an entire research study uh, and then I was done. Uh, and then I, you know, analyzed the data and talked to my advisor. And then I was like, okay, now it's time to write, you know, and I kind of sat down and wrote. And honestly, I don't remember did I start at the beginning? Did I start at the middle? I don't know. But it was sort of like a, a consolidated thing. It was like I did the research thing and the statistics thing, and now I'm going to do the writing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, anyway, we don't have to go into that. But that's not at all what I do now. And now, um, first of all, I enjoy writing. I've always enjoyed writing, and that's another thing we should talk about because we all, not everyone does, and that's fine. Um, but I enjoy it in a different way now and i get really like itchy if i'm not writing a paper mm-hmm. uh and so like partly b- because i think it um it helps me be a little bit more efficient and partly just because i do enjoy it i will now write every little section as i go whenever it's possible and different mm-hmm. different projects that might be different like some projects i really know what the background is i could write that at any point in other projects, if it's new, I think, well, I don't really know what I want to focus on. I'm going to wait. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like the methods and so on, I can usually do as we go. So I usually, uh, I have like a manuscript outline, which is not fancy, but it's like there's a title page, an introduction, methods, discussion. Uh, and as I go through, I'll just try to fill in bits and pieces um, along the way, whether it's like, full sentences or bullet points or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I feel like I could go on for an hour about this. So I'm going to stop <laughs> uh, and then and turn it. So how do you and turn it back to you? So how do you do it? Yeah. So I also used to do it the way that you used to do it, which is that writing is the thing that happens after you have analyzed the data. Um, and now I, I completely, uh, uh, as much as possible, front load the writing process. So the first thing that I do in a new research process project um, is is write the paper. So we've got this idea of what we want to study. Um, before we have programmed it, collected any data, done anything, I uh, write a, at least a draft of the introduction and method section. Then that have that draft in place. And after data have been collected and analyzed, um, then it's really fast to, to go from uh, to, to go from that point to a complete paper, because most of the hard stuff is is already done. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I really like doing that for a whole bunch of reasons. One is that the time that I'm the most excited about a research project is like when I'm getting it started, right? Like I think we've all had this experience of having these projects where like you finish and you're like, oh, I know I should write this up, but dot dot dot. That's like mm-hmm. the time when you've kind of lost enthusiasm for them. Um, and so it means that like. I'm doing the harder work at the time that I'm the more excited at the time where I'm more the most excited about about the project. Um, so I like I like front loading it for that. Um, I I like front loading because my lab now um, pre registers all of our studies, mm-hmm. um, and so it means that it's it's much easier to write a pre registration document that specifies what your hypotheses are and how you're going to do everything uh, um, ahead of time. Um, if you already have the paper written, then writing the pre-registration is, is really like trivially easy, right? It's just like cutting words from here and there. Um, so I like it for the, the pre-registration. I also like it because if I have new students 
join the lab while the project is underway, um, I have a document that I can give to them that's like, this is the study that we're running that you're collecting data for so that they like know, understand what the research is about and have like a document they can refer to and go back and, you know, read over more slowly if they don't understand things. Um, uh, b- before we were doing this, you know, I'd like sit them down and give them a little verbal description or like draw some pictures on the board. Um, but I think they have a much better sense of what the research actually is if they can like have a paper mm-hmm. to, to, to study. Mm-hmm. Um, another benefit um, is that sometimes projects, you know, take a while to go from, from start to end. Um, and, and I think it can be easy for us to forget what our motivations were for including a particular condition uh, or what we were even hypothesizing or something like that. Um, and pre-registration can, can help with that as well, of course, but it's, it's also nice just to, to be, uh, to have a document that reminds me of why I was making all the decisions that I was making and so forth. Mm. Um, and writing the methods ahead of time means that I can be like writing the methods as I am like programming the experiment and I don't have to go back and be like, Oh yeah, but did it randomize? Was it counterbalance? You know, like right. that, I don't have to go back and find those afterwards. I can just be doing it in the moment. Yeah. No, so we, we have not done as much um, pre-registration type stuff as you have. Um, although I'm, you know, I'm generally supportive and we're kind of moving that direction, but, um, but certainly trying to draft, you know, methods and, and things like that uh, before we start collecting data is really useful Um Partly because you always forget things, and then it's, mm-hmm. it's such a. And everyone, well, anyway, I, I, I'm going to say everyone. Maybe some people don't, but everyone um, thinks that they will remember this because it seems so obvious in the moment when you're neck deep in doing it. You know, of course, we're going to remember that we did X, Y, and Z. Um, but in real life, it just takes so long before you write the paper, and people move on, and and you do three other things, and then you just don't remember, or you mm-hmm. think you remember, and you get it wrong. I mean, that happens mm-hmm. too, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I just think, I mean, you really have to document it as you go and why not document it in a manuscript and, you know, save everyone some time. Um, I'm I'm, I'm just amazed at how often in my lab somebody says like, wait, what are the situations under which we're excluding observations or removing Mm -hmm. participants or Mm -hmm. what was our hypothesis or whatever? And all the time it's like, ooh, uh, let's go check the pre-reg. I don't remember. Right. Right. It was like, it's like a shared... um, yeah, it's shared knowledge, right? Like for mm-hmm. yourself too. So you don't have to yeah, make it yeah. up every time. You're just like taking notes on all the decisions and, uh, and then you can, you don't have to make it up again because you, you right. have it there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I like, uh, again, um, which I think is always, it's really helpful in like formal um, pre-registration, but also, you know, more informal ways um, is sort of like, you know, you write the paper you want to write and even just talking about the methods and then and then you go do the thing that lets you write the paper. So, so as a, as like a, a, a very um, stupid example, um, well, there are no stupid examples, but but there are. But like, so we do a lot of aging <laughs> research, right? And so I might write in the if I was just making up a paper, I would say we tested equal numbers of younger and older adults, and within each group, we had equal numbers of uh, men and women, mm-hmm. right? And, and so that's just the sentence I want to write because it seems like we have not biased our data collection in any way. But then having written that sentence, oh, we actually have to go recruit equal numbers in all these groups, right? Uh, and so uh-huh. sometimes, um, well, even for me, I have these intuitions, but if I don't say them, not everyone in my lab has those same intuitions. And so, mm-hmm. if, if you know, we all assume we're going to do it 
um, a different way, that cannot happen. And then I can't write that sentence in the paper. So mm-hmm. why not just formalize it, write that down, you know, and, and then you know, okay, we, we have to do X, Y, and Z. Yep. Yep. Just, I, we, we should say, so, um, because not everyone may know this. So in the last well, 10-ish years, five to 10 years, uh, there has been more of a move, a more of a publicly uh, a visible move to document um, analysis and data collection decisions ahead of time. And so um, pre-registration is sort of one uh, one way that this has been expressed, which is uh, creating a document that's public that cannot be changed or not changed without um, kind of making it obvious what's been changed before you start collecting data. So the pre is before you collect data, the registration is you're listing all these things. And, and the idea is to um, make it obvious to everyone, including us as researchers, uh, what we thought ahead of time and then what we changed our minds on. Um, and there are there are sort of ways that this is supposed to help combat fraud and things like that. But but really, um, like f- like in my lab, I, I'm not expecting anyone to be making things up, but but we all forget things and we all need to plan better. And so I find it very useful in encouraging better planning. Is that is that a good way to yeah, yeah. explain it? Yeah, and, and, and I think it, it also... Um... Um, as we've kind of mentioned, like holds us accountable to uh, the decisions that we made before we were biased by having seen any of the data. Right, right. Because it's easy to kind of convince yourself, oh, if I had known, I would have predicted this other thing. And this is sort mm-hmm. of like, well, you didn't. And so <laughs> just be honest about it, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, anyway, some people, this is a, really a talk for another time, but I wanted to mention that because um, when I was doing my PhD, this was not a thing at all. Uh, and so there really was no... Um, no pressure, I think, to to kind of formalize any of the elements of a paper ahead of time. It was just you did it in your locked, dark office, and then someday it got published. And now mm-hmm. there's a much more visibility of the process, which I I think is good, but but it's obviously very different. And so that's kind of changed. I think probably graduate students now are having a different experience than than I did. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's uh, it's quite variable. Like I think some are and, and some yeah. aren't, depending on the institution. And the that's true. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. All the ones I work with are having a different experience because I'm yep. making them. Yeah, right. Sorry. Sorry. If you're listening, I'm not making you. I'm inviting you to, <laughs> to, to have a different experience than I did. Um, so so what are – well, actually, so I, I mentioned – I alluded to this before, but but we should talk about it briefly. Um, do you enjoy writing, and, and have you always enjoyed writing? Um. Uh, I, I can't remember if I always have, um, I do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really do now. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's hard and sometimes it takes a long time and it's frustrating, but, um, in general, if I like, you know, sit down at my computer and I'm like, I have two dedicated hours to write something that is like, that's a lot of fun for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I think I do think it's, I mean, I, so I do too. And I always, um, I never did scientific writing before, you know, I guess before my PhD, I did some like, you know, we did academic papers, but like growing up, I enjoyed creative writing and, 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 you know, English class and things like that. Um, I mentioned this because, uh, you know, not everyone enjoys writing. I, I think it is a learnable skill. I think we can all get better at writing and all get better at writing papers. And so mm-hmm. um, I think some people uh, don't enjoy writing because it's difficult or because they don't feel like they are good at it. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a magical 
I don't think there's like a writing gene where like, I'm a good writer and therefore <laughs> I enjoy it. And so-and-so is just had bad luck and is never going to be good and they don't enjoy it. Right. So I think, yeah. um, I, I, I try to emphasize that because a lot of times, uh, well, I enjoyed writing my first paper, but I think it was very difficult. I remember agonizing over lots of it and it took me a long time. Um, and now, uh, I mean, I, I think I enjoy it more and also I'm much, much faster. Uh, having mm -hmm. done it a bunch. And so mm -hmm. it really is something you can get better at. And I think, you know, that's, that's something we can talk about today is how can you be strategic about this? Um, you know, especially if you want to want to improve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of it too is improved by like finding a system that works for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if the task is now today, I sit down and write an entire paper. And if I haven't done that, I haven't been successful. Like mm -hmm. nobody's going to like that. Right. Right. But like finding that, like the, the, tips and tricks that make it make it work for you right mm -hmm. yeah so well so maybe before so i feel like the tips and tricks are like solutions um but maybe why don't what are the challenges and then we can talk about how to like have solutions for them the things that are challenging uh are are like figuring out the story that i want to tell right and 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 putting all of those pieces in order so i usually start off um by like writing an outline and just saying, all right, we're going to start off the paper by saying, well, my, <laughs> so my writing is about how people understand speech, especially in adverse listening conditions. Um, and my students joke that all of our papers start off with a paragraph that says speech is hard. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's a challenge and, and yours do too, right? <laughs> like, yep. Speech is <laughs> exactly. hard. Um, and, uh, and you know, and then it's, and then it's, mm, but context helps or, but seeing the talker helps, or it's especially hard when, you know, and so what I, what I first start off doing is just like kind of writing, uh, an outline that has typically like very casual kinds of headings. Mm -hmm. Speech is hard. Faces help, but do they? Not right. always, right. you know, and then, and then like going in and kind of fleshing, fleshing each of those out. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of times figuring out order that those things are going in can be tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so, so, so that's a challenge. Um, just to, yeah. So I think uh, just to jump, jump in on mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. I, I think one of the challenges is that there are, you know, an infinite number of ways basically to describe a given research study, even a very simple one, mm -hmm. because you can frame it, you can frame it from different directions. And even if you pick the same two things to focus on do you talk about thing one first or thing two first mm -hmm. um and i don't and sometimes there might be ways that are better or worse but sometimes there probably aren't and there could be like a hundred really good ways of starting and so how do you know which one mm -hmm. right and so i think that's what I, maybe what part of what you're talking about is like well finding a good way might be good but also like there are lots of solutions so it's really challenging to um I don't know, to navigate that, especially if, if, if you haven't done it a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really like the idea of outlining, which is not something that I did early on in my writing career. I, I would just, or at least not formally, I would just like start to write. Um, but, but that, but, but lately I, I definitely outline exactly the way that you say, just sort of what's the logic, um, especially in the introduction and discussion. Um, and just sort of like, what's the main point of this paragraph? The other thing is that most of the time, and, well, like, oh, first of all, um, you know, take everything Julie and I say with a grain of salt and, um, you know, find your own way and all that, uh, and rules are meant to be broken and all that. But 
Um, I find it usually works best if every paragraph has a main idea. And if I can tell what that idea is, like from the topic sentence, which seems very, to me, it almost seems trivial. And I feel like bad saying that. I don't mean to be condescending. In my own writing, I often have not done that, uh, especially in early drafts, right? I want to go all over the place and I'm just like, blah, 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 you know, try to get in every reference. And then it's just hard to read. Uh, And so I've had a lot of luck kind of simplifying the structure and like not having a paragraph that goes on for three pages, like break it up. And like, what's, what's the point of each, of each paragraph. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so outlining has really helped with that. The other um, strategy that I've tried a little bit, especially when working with co-authors is um, well, reverse outlining in that if you, Julie, if you gave me a paper to read, Uh, and said, oh, can you give me some feedback on this? One thing I might do is take your introduction, and I would try to outline what I think your logic is. And if I can't tell, or if I give you, if if I'm certain, I say, here's what I think you're trying to say, and you look at it, and it's not at all what you're trying to say, or if I have a lot of question marks, like I have no idea what the point of a particular paragraph is, that's probably not a good sign. So I I do think it's also useful, again, especially if, um, you know, if you're struggling or, or just trying to find a way to improve your own writing or whatever, like, like try the reverse outline. And if, if that's not clear, you know, probably there's something that could be improved. That's really clever. I haven't done that before, but that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. That, that also seems like a nice, um, a nice recommendation to make for students, right? Mm-hmm. We're like working on a paper. I mean, like not a, you know, just a, a paper for class. Mm-hmm. Like I can't figure out how to structure it. And then, yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's something you can do for your own. I mean, it's good to do that with other people, right? Like mm-hmm. we, can, we can trade our papers and see if it works. You could do it with your own writing too, especially if you wait a day, you know, mm-hmm. go back. And, and if you can't do it, um, probably someone else will have trouble too. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the other challenges is sometimes uh, I, I, I feel like stymied by imperfection. Mm. So I'll start to write and I'll write a sentence and I'll be like, oh, no, that's not good. Then I'll try it again and I'll be like, this is terrible. And I really, I really try to fight that and just like get words on the page. Um, and sometimes I will even like say to myself, okay, I'm going to write a paragraph. It's going to be trash, but I'm just going to get it out there. Um, and, and I really feel like giving myself license to, to do like just word vomit. Like, I know it's not going to be good, but I just got to get it out there and then I'll, you know, massage it and get it, get it to where I want it to be. Um, giving myself License to just write badly as a first pass has really helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find it much easier to edit than to start with a blank page. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. true both with, with co-authors or with myself. And so, yeah, just getting anything on there, even if I am totally aware it's bad. Yep. Then if I come back to it another day, you know, sometimes I'll pull up, I'll say, oh, this is really bad. And I'll just start editing it, right? Like, without even thinking mm-hmm. and, and make it better. Whereas if it's, if it's blank and then I come back to it the next the next time it's still blank, right? I have, I have no, it's, it's it, the, the words did not magically appear. Right. Imagine. <laughs> I, I think that's also true, right? For writing with co-authors is trying to, um, well, I, again, every, every, everyone's different, but I would rather see a draft that has some words on the page than zero words on the page because it gives us a starting point. And so, yep. I, I, you know, I don't think, at least for me, I don't expect a perfect, a perfect draft from, from co-authors. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't want people to be paralyzed by, by fear of having something that's imperfect in there, just like get it on the page and then we'll, we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. 
it it also helps me um, to be willing to, uh, uh, as I'm writing, if I'm feeling like I'm kind of on a roll and I write a couple of good sentences, and then I think, oh, I know that I have to include a sentence that talks about this paper or makes this point, but I'm not exactly sure what that point is. Um, if I feel like I'm on a roll, instead of stopping and saying, I'm going to go look up that paper and find which year it was and what it said, and then write that in, um, I'll sometimes just write myself a note that says like, now comes a sentence about that one paper that's, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just keep writing so that I don't, you know, when, I, when I'm in that like sweet spot and it's like mm-hmm. flowing that I don't interrupt that. Right. Just kind of keep the momentum. Yep. 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 I, so I often, right. So uh, I, I think most people add references later, but I often have a little like nag in the back of my head, like, oh, I need a reference for that, but I don't know which one. And so I just always have a little parenthetical ref you know whatever xxx and then i can go find it later but then i just i'm like yeah there should be a thing there i don't know what it is and kind of keep going yep so one one challenge which is not unique to writing but that that i also i really notice with writing um is sort of like what what chunk of time do i have to Mm. work on a paper Mm -hmm. and i think and, and we talked about this before um you know several times in different in different contexts but but you know, I, I think there there are times where I have many many hours, like a full day, to write. Um, in in past parts of my life, right, uh, and, and that w- and there were really benefits to that, which I which I really appreciated. But increasingly, I don't have those long periods of time, and I have to do it in shorter shorter times, shorter mm-hmm. chunks. And so that's where, um, you know, putting something that I don't love on the page you know, that maybe takes half an hour instead of four hours and then coming back to that in half an hour, I can edit some of it, right? It helps me do it in smaller chunks instead Mm of like, oh, I I need four hours to write a paragraph in the introduction. Um, Honestly, there are times where I, 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 I feel like I need that, especially if I'm doing a new topic and I do have to look up a lot of references. I can't, I find it really hard to do one at a time. Sometimes I just like, I need to write a paragraph about a thing and I got to look up 20 papers to do it. And, and I just kind of, it's very difficult to do that one at a time. Um, yeah. Not impossible, but but difficult. So, yeah. so there are times where I feel like I need that. But a lot of times I don't. Maybe that brings up another, another area, which is like, so I've been saying how I enjoy writing, which is true. But there are definitely times where it's difficult. Um, and in particular for me, uh, sometimes like review papers or, or chapters that aren't really based around data. Um, I enjoy writing them, but I also find them challenging because quite often, um, I don't know, there isn't a natural structure around a, an experiment or a set of experiments. So mm-hmm. it seems even more open-ended. Mm-hmm. And also quite often, you know, I mean, hopefully I'm writing a paper about something I know a thing or two about, but I often want to include oh, this is an important topic that's related, but I'm not really the world expert in it. And so mm. I have to go learn it. And that's where I'm talking about, like, I need a paragraph on whatever. And I don't really know. So I have to go read a bunch of stuff and try to, like, synthesize helpfully, you know, a literature I don't know. Anyway, that's the, the point is, sometimes writing is hard, and I don't enjoy every minute of it. Um, and so, yeah, so what are... And maybe for some people, that's true all the time. So what are the things that you do... Julia, when when you find writing not the most enjoyable thing? 
if indeed that ever happens to you. Yeah, no, no, it does. Um, and and so one is you know giving myself good rewards for a, you know setting setting like reasonable goals of I'm going to rework this one section, and then when I do, I'm going to go get a cup of tea or something. You mm-hmm. know, like having having reasonable goals and then rewards for meeting them. Um, a, another thing that that um that that helps me. Um, is that I uh, always involve students in my writing. Um, And so there is, even if there isn't like some external deadline of this paper is due for a special issue or something, um, I, I, you know, I I will tell my students I'm going to have a draft to you by this day. Uh, And I I feel like that pressure and wanting to have it ready for the students um, is a really good motivator. Mm Mm-hmm. That doesn't always make me enjoy it more necessarily, mm-hmm. but you know it's it's a it's a motivator for 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 getting it done. Um, and, and the other thing is, if I'm not enjoying it, um, I'll kind of take a step back and, and think about why not, and like, is it because I'm not super jazzed about this project, which happens sometimes, and I just feel like I have to power through that, um, or is it because like I don't like how we're framing this, or I don't like you know I, I don't think the story that we're telling makes sense, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, is there like a more, is it telling you something about how right. you're approaching it that you could change right. or make better? I mean, two things that I've um, used also is, so so one is setting goals. Well, we talked about this previously and sort of like finding your own chunk size. Mm-hmm. Um, and for especially for papers that I'm struggling with for whatever reason, I mean, whether I'm just tired or the topic or whatever, um, I often do time goals, like spend a half hour writing this thing because a lot of, even if it's like, even if it's something very simple, like write a paragraph, you know, just mentally, sometimes that can be, I I don't feel like writing a paragraph, but it's like, just spend a half hour working on it. I can, you know, I can devote a half an hour and then it kind of takes the pressure off. Like whatever you get done is fine. If you do a sentence in half an hour, you know, or whatever, it's fine, but just work on it a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. quite often it's just that like initiating is, is the challenge and, once I start working on it, it's fine. Or maybe I'll spend more than half an hour because I'll get on a roll. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, doing something is much better than zero, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe yep. it's maybe for something that's really annoying, it's like five minutes. Spend five minutes on this really annoying paper. And then, you know, that's better than zero. And probably you'll end up spending more than five minutes once you start. Um, yeah. And that kind of relates. We, we've talked to like scheduling and like time management and, and stuff like that. So, um, and I think for people who really struggle with like, um, not writing or procrastinating or whatever. I mean, I think just trying to schedule some regular time can be super useful. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I do is I try to, I mean, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to use a word, which I don't always like. And so I apologize. I you try network? to work. <laughs> no, I don't network. Um, I gamify uh, the writing process. And, and I also don't like it because it's like the most boring game ever. But what I, I've been known to do is make a little spreadsheet with like, I think, I think that this um, manuscript should be eight thousand words, and now I have zero, right? And so I have like a little okay. I should write X number of words per day. It will take me Y number of days to get to eight thousand, and every day I just sort of like force myself to write that many words. It doesn't matter if they're good, right? And so just mm-hmm. trying to get words on the page. But I've actually found that competition um, it helps. 
Of course, then if I have a couple of bad days, then I get depressed, but then I just change my goal. So then I can like, I can <laughs> still, I still have my little line, like getting bigger and bigger every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that may not work for everyone, but mm-hmm. I, there have been a couple of, of book chapters that were only written because I um, forced myself to write, you know, 500 words a day for, for two weeks or whatever. Um, I don't do it all the time, but, but in yeah, those no, cases I needed it. You know what I think like, uh, being willing to try things and see what works is a, mm-hmm. is a great way to figure out what, what makes you like it more. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I have another thing that really helps me like writing more and, and I was kind of reluctant to say it because it's not one that I think is something that is easily applied to other people. Um, but I want to say it because I just want to put it out there that if it is possible for you to do this, it can really make it better. At least it has for me. Um, so in the past, when I have done, when I have like uh, written with a co-author, um, I usually like, you know, starting with my PhD mentor, um, usually like past drafts back and forth, right? I write a draft, I send you a draft, so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but recently, in the last couple of years, um, my like closest research collaborator is a former student of mine um, who is now at WashU, uh, uh, where Jonathan is. Um, and so, th- uh, so Violet Brown is, is, um, I've now written more papers with her than anyone else. And we actually write like just sitting down next to each other, staring at the same screen, taking turns, typing, saying, oh, wait, no, how about, oh yeah, put that in here. Ooh, nice point. Should we say it like this? I don't know. How do you think we should say it? Mm-hmm. You know, and like actually team writing. Um, and before, before doing it with her, I would have thought that I would hate that, right? Like, I like to have my own mm-hmm. headspace, and I like to just do it and then get somebody else's feedback. Um, and I think it's because we have worked so well together, and we think a lot alike and just like each other a lot generally. Um, but it's super fun. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. And, you know, we'll, like, write something particularly good and then have a high five and give each other a compliment <laughs> and then, like, mm-hmm. go back to it, you know? And it it makes what is kind of frustrating and isolating about writing um it it just it like gets rid of that Mm -hmm. so i I don't think it can work for everyone right like i think i I wouldn't do it well with most people um but but if you can find a writing buddy you know who is a collaborator like a co-author um that that you can work well with yeah it makes it super fun Mm -hmm. i've also heard and i have not tried tried this but i've also heard about um you know, the PIs, people who run their own labs, like um, editing, editing up on a projector uh, in, in a supportive way, not to give people a hard time, but just to involve a group of people in the editing process. Um, and, and I've heard from others that that can be also effective, uh, which I'm curious to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't done that either, but yeah. Okay, just to change gears a little bit, how how do you get inspired about good writing? Hmm. And I can I can start if you want. Okay, yes, please. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, I mean, I, I suppose there there are a lot of ways. Um, the way the way that I started uh, learning how to write a scientific paper was uh, again these first couple papers I wrote during my PhD. I didn't really know what I was doing. I found a paper that I read that was relevant, uh, you know, that I would like mentioned in my paper. And I said, okay, well, you know, these people must know what they're doing. So I'm going to copy what they did. Um, now, 
which is good and bad, right? So the good thing is like, yes, it's good to have an example um, and it helped me sort of be independent and, and just try to figure this out on my own. You know, as the older I get, the more I realize that not everyone who publishes a paper is a good writer, right? And so right. if you pick a bad example, right, you can just sort of, you know, not do a good job. But, but anyway, I was, so I think getting, um, get, looking to other examples is good. I have no idea if those first papers I looked at were actually good. But now I, I do feel like I have a, a better sense of what papers are written clearly. And I do get inspired by um, by certain, you know, by certain authors that I just think are really good at scientific writing. And so mm -hmm. that's been super useful to me. The other thing is, now I have not really done a lot of reading about writing. I, I think it's a great thing to do. There are people who spend their careers thinking about how to be a good writer. And so we should we should learn from them. And I, I haven't done as much of that. However, um, someone did pass on to me a copy of uh, the famous or infamous um, Strunk and White Elements of Style, mm -hmm. uh, which some people love it, some people hate it. It probably gets a bad rap. Probably it's got pros and cons. I actually found it very um, well inspiring. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, and actually, my favorite, the, the, the section that I always remember um, from this is omit needless words. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, vigorous. So I, I, I pulled this up on my screen. I'll put a link in the show notes. Vigorous writing is concise. A sentence should contain no unnecessary words, a paragraph, no unnecessary sentences for the same reason that a drawing should have no unnecessary lines. And, and it goes on. Um, so it's not that every sentence has to be short, but you don't want extra stuff in there. Uh, and just that principle I thought was really, really useful to me. Um, and again, I, I find it actually fairly well written. So I don't, it's not a, um, well, what am I trying to say? You can break a lot of the rules that are in there, but I still found it useful as a way to think about writing and a way to sort of be intentional about things and not just haphazard. Yeah, I think um, uh, one thing that has really helped my scientific writing is that, that I teach a lot of scientific writing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so when I'm teaching students in my in my lab courses, in my seminars, uh, in my research lab, um, we end up like talking a lot about how do you structure an argument and topic sentences and scientific mm -hmm. writing should be short and all of that. Um, that I think you know helps me helps um, make me more aware of those issues in in my own writing too. Um, but I will also sometimes do the thing where if I get to a section and I'm like, man, I'm just really stumped on how I make this argument. Um, I'll go and look at a bunch of papers that have made similar arguments and be like, yeah, what are the like, what are the structures that they're using? What are the framing devices that they're using? Mm -hmm. um, and and look to those for inspiration. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I I haven't done at all, but might be interesting is to do some of these like the reverse outlining or just talking about like we talk about science papers for the content in, in my lab meetings. Mm -hmm. We don't, we have not ever talked about it from like a intentional writing perspective. Um, and that might actually be a fun exercise, right? To do that as a group and to mm -hmm. do some reverse outlining and see, see if something holds up or, or whatever and find papers that we actually like. Yeah, that, that would be a nice, that would be a nice assignment for, for lab students to do like, mm -hmm. We're going to read this article and talk about it, but also notice, you know, what right. the structure is like. At what point in the introduction do they give away what the research question is? Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I guess if I was feeling very brave, I would do it with one of my papers and mm. let them <laughs> let them pull it apart. Maybe we'll practice on some other ones, lab folks, and then we'll 
will turn but, to one from us. You know, but but doing one of yours and maybe especially an early one mm-hmm. is also a nice teaching exercise, right? That like that's true. Not everything is perfect, and right. we do hey. our best, but we can. Hey. You know, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> You're just, making <laughs> a lot of assumptions here, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was just thinking about if I was going to oh, do okay. my early yeah, stuff, gotcha. I would teach gotcha. them about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I. I I mean, I kid, obviously. I mean, I, I think it is really um, for people who, especially for people who are intimidated by writing, which I think is a lot of people, I think just um, being super open that it's hard and, and we all have a lot to learn is, is useful. Yep. So, you know what? I think, I think we could, I think we have more to say, but this is an okay time to wrap up for today. Mm-hmm. But we have some housekeeping to do. Mm. Um. First of all, uh, we, we sometimes forget to mention, but we do have a website, and Julia knows what it is. Uh, what is it, Julia? Juiceandsqueeze.net. That's right. Um, and for every episode, we've got some show notes and links, and the links might be the things that are the most useful. Uh, today is episode 12, and you can find it by going to juiceandsqueeze.net slash 12. Easy to remember that way. Um the other thing is, is like every every week, we'd like to thank all of our listeners. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your email. Keep it coming. Um, and today, I'd like to um, especially thank Baron, Emma, and Kyriella. I know you guys are listening, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for your support, as always. Julia, I think I have a good challenge for this week. Oh, okay. Let's find one piece of scientific writing that inspires us mm-hmm. and um, share it with share it with one other person you and i can share it with each other how about that that sounds great all right well until next time thanks for listening all right bye everybody